You are now tuned in to the Storm Tracker Podcast. Welcome back to the Storm Tracker Podcast. I'm Marcus Benjamin. He's Gio Million, and we are going into the bye week here for the Miami Hurricanes. So there's a lot to talk about. Obviously, they're coming off of a very disappointing loss to Middle Tennessee State. A lot of questions to be answered between now and the game between North Carolina. But first, I kind of want to touch on recruiting before we uh, talk about that next game after the bye, because uh, this week we'll have two blue chip players committing uh, to schools and both of which, um, you know, will not be choosing Miami. So where, where, where does that leave Miami at those particular positions it would mean uh wide receiver and d tackle or defensive line because that's where tyler williams and uh david hicks would be filling voids for so so let's first start with wide receiver now wide receiver is kind of a it's a question mark it's a big one right now and it seems as if miami is behind uh well, not seems uh, they are behind when it comes to wide receivers with only Robbie Washington and Nathaniel Joseph committed to the class and uh, several other targets have now committed to different schools. Where do you think Miami goes at wide receiver? Yeah, so what Miami's doing right now is a bit of a long play. And what I mean by a long play is they're recruiting a great group of guys right now that are basically committed to other schools. Uh, you know, the big names, Jurion Dickey, Oregon, Brandon Ennis, Ohio State, Carnell Tate, Ohio State, Andy Jean, former Miami commitment, now Florida commitment over the summer. Uh, and, you know, some other guys going a little under the radar, but I've mentioned before in some of our updates uh, in the past, uh, Jalen Brown, actually, that you know, Miami was hot on at, on the trail after him uh, between the spring and the summertime. Kind of slowed down a bit. Miami kind of pulled back. He committed to LSU. Miami's been communicating with him, but um, hasn't really been reciprocated on his end that much. He was in the stands for the A&M game about two weeks ago. But um, that's where it stands with those guys. But in, in regards to another guy, a uh, little more under the radar, but He's been catching a little more praise coming into his senior season. Uh, Micah Mays out of the Benjamin School. Yeah. Uh, he's a track star, actually. Very talented kid. Uh, actually committed to Wake Forest as well. Seems like Miami's just going after a lot of guys that are just committed elsewhere. Marcus, is there anyone that's not committed that Miami's going after? I mean, the only one that, that kind of comes to mind for me is Carmelo English out of Phoenix City Central in Alabama. That's like the one player that, that comes to mind that Miami could be continuing to recruit because they offered him, this staff offered him in January, and he recently decommitted from Auburn. Now, there are some other schools that are in play for him, uh, like uh, Kentucky, uh, was, was one of the, uh, you know, players for him and his recruitment. So uh, there's, there's, and, and Michigan was, was another school uh, high on his list. So it, it just kind of really depends on if they can sell playing time because 
that's kind of the best sell for the Hurricanes right now because, I mean, based on that performance against Middle Tennessee State, you can't really uh, – that's not one of the uh, the factors, you know, and uh, uh, you have to kind of sell that, hey, we need you. We need you to kind of fill this void. You see uh, we have several receivers dropping balls. We need players like you uh, to help this team win. So that's that's the one player for me that I think that that Miami should go after that's not committed. Now, of all of those commits, though, that you named, Brandon Ennis, Jalen Brown, um, I mean, they went after Andy Jean, um, you know, Will Fowles as well, Hiking Williams, all of these players. Which wide receiver do you think Miami has the best chance to flip? The best chance to flip? Um, out of that entire group, it's it's more realistically a, an Andy Jean or a Micah Mays. Um, for Miami to get a guy like Brandon Ennis, you can't lose a game how they lost to Middle Tennessee State. That's that's very momentum killing. Uh, Miami was going after Brandon Ennis really hard. Uh, we've been reporting it; it's been all over the place. Uh, They've been on jury on Dickey. You know, they they came with a push in the summer months. And, you know, Mario Cristobal, someone fed him that info that, you know, jury on Dickey likes to go fishing. So uh, jury yeah. on Dickey's trip down to South Florida, whatnot, went fishing. Trip went great. Um, at this time, just off of speaking to a source, it's still a long shot that Miami would flip jury on Dickey from Oregon. Yeah, so that's, that's where it stands. Uh, you know, it's just Andy Jean and Micah Mays. Uh, if Miami could get Jalen Brown to be interested again after they shied away from him in the summer, uh, that remains to be seen. Florida State's also in the mix there. But um, I, I will recommend one, though, and you and me had talked about this before, uh, actual Florida State commit right now. Uh, he's having a huge senior season. Vandrevius Jacobs out of Vero Beach, 10 touchdowns on the season. Uh, just last week against Miami Palmetto and the Washington Twins, two touchdowns for the win, 21 to 17. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think Miami should start looking at, at more options because uh, it'll, it'll be December before you know it, and a lot of these players are going to, you know, early sign in December and then you're kind of scrambling at that point to really kind of pick up the pieces to see who is left. So uh, interesting to see how the wide receiver plays out for this 2023 class, 2024, whole different story for another podcast. <laughs> um, so I do want to talk to, about also uh, D tackle because David Hicks was a guy that, that, Miami had very high on their list, uh, being recruited by both Joe Salavea and Rod Wright. And this, unfortunately, is going to be a miss uh, for Miami. He originally wanted to make his commitment uh, during the Under Armour All-American game. And uh, he has now suddenly changed his mind after visits to Oklahoma and Texas A&M. So now Miami is 
going have to uh, fill that void because D tackle they have zero D tackles on all in, in this particular class. I mean, there's many edge rushers that they're considering. I've even heard of talk about Reuben Bain if they are to land him that they may want to move him to the inside. I know that's something that Reuben Bain would rather not do. I know he feels that he is more of an outside rusher. So that could leave Miami on the outside looking in for a Reuben Bain. But uh what are the some what is are the some of the D tackles that that you know about that could potentially fill that that D tackle void for Miami with this class. Yeah, so I'm sure some Hurricanes fans uh, I've seen the comments around. They're like, "What's going on with the defensive tackle class? We have no defensive tackles. Are we even recruiting?" Uh, Miami is actually recruiting defensive tackles. Other thing is, are they determined defensive tackles by our database? No, not exactly. Uh, just as you mentioned, uh, the aforementioned Ruben Bain, uh, Miami views him as the type of mold where they could use him outside and inside, similar to Akeem Mesidor that currently transferred in from West Virginia. A um, couple right. of other names, uh, Jordan Hall uh, from the Jacksonville area in Florida. He yes. is looking to take a visit to Miami very soon. I would keep an eye somewhere around that the Florida State game, Pittsburgh game. Uh, those are the dates to eye right there. Um, some of the other guys, Nathan Efovi out of the Georgia area, a little bit of an underrated name. Another guy in the Florida area as well, Andrew Rumpf, uh, northern Florida area. Actually, Palmetto High School, not Miami Palmetto, though. Same Palmetto Jack gotcha. Allison played at, uh, former Miami quarterback. A okay. uh, couple other names committed to other places. Uh, John Walker, this is the name I want to bring back up again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Miami and Florida, they're both still in contact with him. Uh, okay. He is committed to UCF. He has relayed that. He says that he's solid to UCF, but I like to go by the saying of if a guy's still taking calls, um, he's still looking around. Uh, yeah. Another guy I want to throw out here, actually, almost forgot him here, Terry Simmons. Actually, uh, he's a Duke commit, a little bit of an underrated guy, but Miami's been on him for a bit. Um, <clears throat> it kind of seems a little similar to the situation with wide receiver. They're kind of going after some guys that are committed to other places. Uh, Mario Cristobal, obviously you and me know this, Marcus, that uh, Mario Cristobal has the model that he doesn't really care if someone's committed to another school. He's still going to recruit them anyways because that's how confident he is he could pull that off. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Terry Simmons is a guy that I actually do expect to eventually flip to Miami, uh, based on you know some sources uh, that that I have. I feel uh, that is a highly likely situation, unless something has changed within the past couple of weeks. Uh, from from what I know, I think Terry Simmons likely will. Uh, be added to the class and 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 decommitting, but um, we'll 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 see what happens because you know these kids uh, they are kids and and they do change their minds uh, constantly, you know. So you you kind of never know. But uh, defensive tackle is becoming very 
uh, very concerning, you know, for, for the Miami Hurricanes. And, and uh, I, I did hear kind of an update on Ephobia, Nathan Ephobia. I know he uh, was at Michigan last week. And from what I heard with Ephobia is that, you know, Michigan is now, you know, one of his top schools now. So Miami will have to battle the Wolverines, it seems, uh, for Ephobia. Uh, but besides that, uh, I mean, you talked about another guy who could, I think, who could possibly play on the inside uh, as well. Uh, a lot of people don't know that he's even being recruited uh, by Miami, recently decommitted from Notre Dame. Uh, what do you have on uh, Keon Keeley? Yeah, so with Keon Keeley, the latest buzz, you know, right after that decommitment from Notre Dame, kind of seemed like a lot of buzz was coming out of Alabama, excuse me, out of Alabama. Little tongue twister there. Um, <laughs> in this past month, since the college football season started, um, Keeley has actually visited twice to Ohio State. UF is pushing very hard. There's a couple other schools looking in there, trying to get in the mix. Uh, Miami is actually recruiting Keon Keeley. Uh, I like his potential. Uh, I think he has to get his weight up just a little more, but I could see the potential for him to play outside and inside if he were to choose Miami. Now, the chances of that maybe not so great uh, based off of what I know, but Miami's going to throw their hat in the mix. And, you know, in regards to throwing their hat into the mix, what Miami's kind of doing right now in terms of defensive line recruiting, as I mentioned when we opened this, this segment up, of the podcast in terms of defensive tackles in general, um, you know, just recruiting guys that may be the edges that could play on the inside. Uh, the other aspect too is Miami's also uh, just looking through the JUCO ranks, trying to see if there's anyone they could they could pluck. Uh, they are willing to wait until the transfer portal um, around that range of that time after the season's over, try to see if they could pluck a few guys like they did just this past off season. So. That's where it stands right now. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that may be the play for several positions. Um, you know, well, you know, Miami only has one defensive back currently committed to, to the class, although we do feel Damari Brown is, is still favored to uh, to commit to Miami. Uh, they're still in the race for Komani McLean as well, but even still, that would still be only three DBs. Uh, that that you have with Robert Stafford, so you may have to go through the JUCO ranks there, and then uh, you just kind of touched on D tackle. That that's definitely a possibility. Uh, linebacker seems to be set, which um, it's also probably not done because they are still pushing for Stanquan Clark, who you know continues to shine in this 2022 season. Um, offensive line seems pretty solid. Miami still. Uh, the favorite to get Samson Okun Lola, but running back is still kind of, you know, a mystery as well. Zero running backs committed to the class. Uh, Christopher Johnson still filling out his options with both Clemson and Ole Miss. Um, but even if you just get Chris Johnson, I, I still feel like that that running back room is still still needs a little bit more beef to it because Chris Johnson is a great player, but I don't think he is your complete running back size wise. You know, uh, we saw him get 
uh, knocked out of the game by Stanquan Clark, coincidentally, in the game against uh, Miami Central. So uh, I have just kind of some questions about his durability. And the running, the current running back room has has questions about durability. So, so yeah, a running back could be another place where you, uh, where Miami goes through the transfer portal, just like they did uh, with the uh, the kid from uh, Stanley from uh, UAB to to add uh, more depth at, at positions. So. We'll see what happens there. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what's going on with the JUCO, uh, you know, prospects uh, in the next coming months. But let's fast forward to, uh, you know, the, the current Miami Hurricanes, Gio. Uh, really sad, really sad, uh, sad uh, performance on Saturday from the University of Miami. Uh, it's, 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 it's it's really inexplainable. Obviously, you can see a lot of coverage on canescounty.com that we've put out. And so we've kind of delved pretty deep into this uh, loss and kind of what happened. But going into the bye week, Gio, where do they go from here? There's a lot of questions to be answered. What jumps out to you the most that needs to be answered by, uh, you know, uh, North Carolina game? Cornerback room, 355 passing yards through the air on only five plays. That <laughs> is unacceable. My pretty efficient by Middle Tennessee State, too. <laughs> yeah. They, they have to open up the cornerback competition. Um, you know, this is a guy I clamored for since the spring. Mentioned this uh, after, you know, the season opener. I would like to see more of Isaiah Dunson. I, I'm not sure why he hasn't played more. I had the chance to watch him throughout practices. Physical corner with length. Um, usually kept everything in front of him. Didn't get beat on the inside from what I could recollect from the spring. Um, I'm just surprised he hasn't played more. I feel like he's a guy that could maybe make a difference if they give him a chance. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I think pretty much anybody kind of deserves a chance at this point. I mean, uh, Jaden Harris got his chance last week, and he failed miserably getting bombed, uh, like other DBs did as well, like, you know, uh, Tyreek Stevenson, DJ Ivy. Um, you know, it's just it was just a terrible performance overall from the DBs. Hopefully, Daryl Porter returns. Uh, for this North Carolina game. Um, and hopefully you also get Tyreek Stevenson back. But if you don't, well, you have all of a sudden depth issues at the quarterback position. So I would imagine that, you know, I, there will be an open competition. And uh, because some of the players that did get playing time, like Malik Curtis and Jaden Harris, uh, have not looked good. You know, they just have not looked good in games if they shine in camp. So um, I, I, it, it is a cause for concern because that North Carolina offense moves. They move, man. Oh, yeah. And, and they score points. Uh, so what's what's most concerning for me, though, Gio, is, is obviously the obvious ele elephant in the room, and that's quarterback. Tyler Van Dyke. Yeah. 
Jake Garcia. Uh, I don't think Jakari Brown is, 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 is really there yet as a quarterback from what we hear from uh, the inside. He is not. Um, so it's really just Jake Garcia and Tyler Van Dyke. And it's kind of easy to assume that Jake Garcia will be the starter next uh, game. But Tyler Van Dyke has kind of earned this starting job. And it, it's going to be his to lose in practice the, for these next few days. And um, I really think there's something you know, mentally go, going wrong with uh, Tyler or he um, is a system quarterback. It's one of the two, right? It's got to be one of those two um, scenarios. Either he's not ready for prime time or the NFL because in the NFL, you have to be able to more so be efficient in the offense that Josh Gaddis has rather than Rhett Lashley's offense from last year because Gaddis's offense is more of a pro style offense. So the fact that he only, well, to this point has only really excelled in that spread offense is a cause for concern. And then you got Jake Garcia in there who looked comfortable. PFF uh, loved him compared to Tyler Van Dyke. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot, Gio. Who do you think wins this quarter quarterback competition? I would like to say Jake Garcia because I agree with PFF. Uh, watching that game, I saw some things that Jake was doing, and I mentioned it in the takeaways piece that we released yesterday. Um, the offense moved better. Uh, there was a vertical passing threat unlocked when he came in. Unfortunately, the one thing I will say, I don't think Jake Garcia will get the start for the North Carolina game, uh, just based off the experience Tyler Van Dyke has. But I do think there will be a very, very short leash on Tyler Van Dyke going into the North Carolina game. If he comes out uh, the same way he did against Middle Tennessee State or even partial of that A&M game, I think they'll yank them out within a series or two. They will not waste time. Yeah, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more um, because uh, I don't know about a series or two. Um, I think they'll give him at least a quarter uh, to figure it all out. But if he is looking like how he looked in that first half against Middle Tennessee State, then maybe they do pull him earlier. And if they do pull him again, though, that's it for Tyler Van Dyke. Um, unless Jake Garcia gets injured. Um, I, I, I think that is pretty much probably going to be the end of his career at the University of Miami. If he does get the starting, he gets pulled again, then I, I really, really don't see, and especially if Jake Garcia has a good game and with his arm wins the game against North Carolina, because let's be honest, Miami's going to need an arm to win that game because based on what we saw last last week, Miami is going to give up some points to North Carolina. They have a really explosive offense. Defense, not so much, but can you keep up? So this is, this is the other question I wanted to ask, uh, Gio, is 
do you think my because uh, North Carolina, you know, actually want to pull this up as far as what they scored in each game because that will really kind of tell us how many points are needed, <laughs> you know, for Miami to win this game. All right, so first first game, uh, North Carolina scored fifty six against FAMU. Not a surprise there. They scored sixty three against Appalachian State, thirty five against Georgia State, and 32 against Notre Dame. So based on that alone, that means you got to score basically 33 points at minimum to win this game. Do you think Miami scores 33 points against North Carolina? Well, their defense is a little suspect from what I've seen in terms of North Carolina, but that's not saying much considering Miami's defense seems that way after the Middle Tennessee State game, which is almost mind-boggling considering the performance that they had in College Station, Texas. Like, I I was just shocked. I, I, I was, were we watching the same team? But, <laughs> but um, it's really going to come down to the quarterback play. That was the biggest difference I saw in terms of Miami's last game. Um, Let's be honest here. Tyler Van Dyke has not looked like the same guy as last year. And if Miami can't even get decent quarterback play in this game against North Carolina, just even accuracy or just routine throws uh, to be completed, they're in trouble because North Carolina is going to score a lot of points because Miami has many questions in their quarterback room and North Carolina can sling it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So quarterback is going to be, I mean, uh, Tyler, Tyler Van Dyke has to rejuvenate himself from that quarterback that we saw last season. Because if you ask me, like, after the last regular season game last season, can Miami score 33, 35, 40 points against North Carolina? I would say, hell yeah, they can. <laughs> but uh, today, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you scored – Nine against te Texas A&M. Yeah, you scored 70 against lowly Bethune-Cookman. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I would imagine most uh, FBS schools would. And you scored 30 against Southern Miss, which uh, North Carolina clearly has a better offense than Southern Miss. Um and perhaps a better defense. We'll, 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 we'll see how it all plays out. And then um, you score 31 against uh, Middle Tennessee and uh, um, uh, 21 of those points were basically from Tyler Van Dyke. I mean, from, from Jake Garcia, I mean. So, yeah, Jake Garcia – who, like you said, actually threw the ball deep, actually, you know, made Will Mallory look like a draft pick at times. Uh, I mean, it, it just uh, it made Keyshawn Smith look like he's, he's a draftable prospect, which we probably weren't saying in those first three games. So, 
I don't know, man. Uh, the, it, it, there's just a lot of soul searching that has to be happening for the Hurricanes to pull out this victory because North Carolina is going to come in here not scared at all. They're going to come in here thinking that they can win. North Carolina has done it before at Hard Rock Stadium. So, and they are, uh, we actually don't know if they, if they play this week. But they, they are coming off of that loss to Notre Dame. And they do play this week. They play at home at Virginia Tech. So uh, we'll we'll see how that plays out. They're favored by nine over uh, Virginia Tech. And it's really a great opportunity for Miami to scout North Carolina and really kind of see what they do well. And um, but, but I tell you, Gio, man, if <laughs> if, if they lose that game, um, I don't, where do they go from there? Well, if Miami loses that game, it's it's not a good look. Um, just starting off from Mario Cristobal, starting off two and three, um, especially when your in-state rival up north is sitting at four and zero right now. Um, have to see how FSU's season finishes, but so far they are off to a good start. I yeah. recommend for that. Um, it starts becoming a little more difficult just in terms of recruiting or just in terms of, of just the mentality of this team. I mentioned that coming off the A&M game. Um, you know, and uh, one of the articles we had on the site, I said the biggest question for Miami was, how they would respond after coming off a devastating loss like they had against AM. And they followed that up with the loss to Middle Tennessee State. And it's, and it's not even just the that they lost, it's the way that they lost. It was yeah. it was horrific. Like yeah. it, uh, almost anything went wrong that you could have thought of. Yeah. So I, it, it, perfect, perfect it, word to describe it, horrific. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, or like Cameron Kinchin says, everyone played horrible. But yeah. it, it, the biggest thing is, if Miami loses against North Carolina, you have to start questioning the mentality of this team, how mentally strong they are. Because from a talent aspect, yeah, Miami has a, a talented team. They shouldn't be losing to a team like Middle Tennessee State. And I know North Carolina has been recruiting better over the course of the last few years since Mac Brown arrived. But Miami, at least in terms of the recruiting rankings in the database, Miami's just at minimum a top 20 team just based on talent. So right. it's underperformance is what's going on. Now, is some of that, you know, Mario Cristobal has to scrub some away, uh, scrub a bit away of that mentality from the past just being content uh, about whether you won or lost, not, you know, not being angry, not being upset. I'm sure there were some players who were upset, but you also had times where uh, a loss would just happen and players are already posting up pictures and stuff an hour or two hours after a loss on Instagram. Um, you know, it, it, that raised a lot of questions in the past. Yeah. How Miami responds in this game, especially after that Middle Tennessee State game, it's going to say a lot about this season. Um, if Miami loses this game, 
I, I don't see a good outlook on the season at all. I, I mean, I, what, where did we predict that we said, you know, ceiling about 10 and two floor about nine and three. I think Miami would be underperforming again. Yeah, they, they definitely would. If, if they lose to North Carolina, to me, it's clearly uh, a team that for right now, I don't believe is better than Florida State and, and certainly not better than Clemson. And those are two teams uh, that are left on the schedule. I would even question if North Carolina is better than Pitt as well. So you're looking at potentially four, five, six losses that, that could potentially happen. But let's keep it positive, man, uh, what, right before we end this. Uh, I do want to say that the Hurricanes are still in the driver's seat to, to win the Coastal Division. I know some people may snark at that, but it's true. It's a true statement. They are zero and zero in the conference, and this is a perfect opportunity for them to right their wrongs and, and make a run uh, to the ACC championship game. Now, they uh, they do have a tougher schedule than who I think is the best team in the, in, in the Coastal, which is Pitt. They have a tougher uh, out-of-division uh, schedule. Uh, Pitt's got Louisville and Syracuse, which Syracuse has been looking a lot great, uh, looking a lot better uh, this season. And Louisville has not, however, but Louisville is one of those sneaky teams that can probably just beat you at any, any given night, just like pretty much any team in the ACC. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's always carnage going on and crazy happenings. But um, Miami has, uh, has Clemson, uh, and they – they are going to struggle. Let's let's just let's just say that they're going to struggle in that game in that in, in that environment against that defense. It's going to be tough for them to win that game, um, even more so now from what we've seen against Middle Tennessee State. Uh, so that is, but that's an ACC game, and then Florida State is always going to be a tough game. Uh, Florida State, uh, obviously wants to continue um, and continue their success this season and then also prove that last year wasn't a fluke like many people think it was as far as the game against Miami. So that's going to be a tough game as well as that rivalry is always a tough game, one of the best rivalries in sports. So there's no gimme games in this on this ACC schedule. I mean, even Duke was undefeated until last week, losing a close one to Kansas, who was still undefeated, interestingly enough. So, uh, but, you know, like I said, let's keep it positive. Hurricanes can still win the Coastal. Uh, the, the, the best part of those last two losses are the fact that they were non-conference. So, um, and if they can turn it around, it, so it would be. Yeah. If they can turn around, it'll be it, it'll really be a testament of this of this coaching staff and what potential could be. So, anything else you want to add before we uh, close this out? No, I I agree with you in terms of you know just the losses being to non conference opponents. Just the only question that it poses is, you know, some of the struggles we saw in that Southern Miss game. Um, just more so from the offense 
and then all the struggles we saw in the Middle Tennessee State game <laughs> kind of makes you think, whoa, okay, what's going to happen when we when Miami gets to a to conference play? You know, those are going to yeah. be tougher opponents. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As far as I, I, all of the opponents left on the schedule, to me better teams than middle Tennessee state and maybe Georgia tech is the one team that middle Tennessee beats um, or, or maybe Duke, but like, like I said, Duke's even having a good season, but everyone else I think likely loses to, to, uh, or, or every team middle Tennessee likely loses to. So, it's going to be tough, so they got to be not only better than what they were last Saturday, but they have to be even better with better competition. So we'll see. It, it should be fun. It'll be fun for us kind of watching from the sidelines or the press box, you know what I mean? So, But anyways, um, for all on the Miami Hurricanes, go to canescounty.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, follow this podcast on everywhere that you can uh, listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and of course, uh, YouTube as well on the YouTube channel live from Kane's County. Until the next episode, peace. Peace. peace.